Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Payhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Sports Media Mayhem podcast. My name is Alex Reamer, and we have a lot to get into this week. As always, keeping up with our theme from last episode, bringing back another returning champion, For this week's show, Ben Fisher covers sports business and mainly the NFL and all the trappings that go along with that for Sports Business Journal. Uh, With the season now at an end and the postseason about to begin, thought it was a great time to bring on Ben, who joined us at the start of the NFL season, to talk about the year in the National Football League. The fact that the NFL remains more dominant than ever, 82, that's right, 82 of the 100 most watched shows on TV this year. 2022, this past year, were NFL games, and that's so incredible given that ratings for everything, every live event, are plummeting downwards, and yet for the NFL, they're not just staying the same, they're getting better, and the NFL is becoming more dominant over its competition, so going to talk to Ben about that and all things business NFL as we wrap up the 2022 regular season, look ahead to the postseason, including What the Patriots business looks like now, missing the playoffs for two out of the last three years. But before I do that, I want to follow up with a story that I hit on at the top of last week's show, and that would be ESPN versus the NFL. Last Monday night, of course, Bills, Bengals, DeMar Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest on the field. Uh, Tremendous news that he has been released from Buffalo Hospital on Wednesday, Um, but the NFL Got a lot of heat Monday night because Joe Buck said four times in about a 45-minute span that the league had given the teams five minutes to warm up and continue play after Hamlin collapsed on the field. After the game, Troy Vincent, the NFL's executive vice president, vehemently denied that the league ever considered restarting the game, calling the assertion, uh, quote, ridiculous and insensitive. But, well, ESPN has now come back with the tiebreaker. And if there was any doubt, the NFL is covering its ass. Uh, One of ESPN's ace investigative reporters, Don Van Natta Jr., published the piece on Tuesday, on Monday night, rather, ground-up decision how Bill's Bengals led the way after DeMar Hamlin collapsed. And basically, the piece backs up Buck entirely, and it contains multiple damning quotes from an unnamed high-ranking team official about the chaos that ensued following Hamlin's 
on-field collapse. The official says the NFL chief football administrator, Don Appointee, uh, who was in Cincinnati, was fielding calls from league executives who wanted players to return to the field. The Lord himself could come down and we were not playing again, said the unnamed official. She was getting pressure. She was not getting consistent and direct messaging that she deserved to receive. Later in the story, this unnamed team official takes direct name at aim at Troy Vincent, saying, quote, the league screws this bleep up because Troy Vincent screws this up. That's the wrong person in the wrong position at the absolute wrong time. He wants to be the hero, but he will never take accountability. That's him to a T. And Joe Buck is quoted in this piece as well, saying what he said in the past that ESPN's rules expert, John Perry, was in communication with people in the league office who were telling him that the original plan was to restart the game in five minutes. That was repeated on the ESPN Deportes broadcast and repeated on the Westwood One radio broadcast. And the play-by-play man for Westwood One is Rich Eisen, who's the NFL Network's most prominent and important and well-known on-air personality. So, I mean, look, this was obvious, and I talked about this last week on the show, before this ESPN expose came out. It's obvious that Joe Buck was relaying what was told to him at the time that the NFL intended for the game to resume. He said it four separate times, was never corrected, and the league is now trying to cover for itself. Uh, I mean, Joe Buck is one of the most accomplished broadcasters of all time. The NFL and ESPN are multi-billion dollar business partners. ESPN pays the NFL $2.6 billion annually to broadcast Monday Night Football. The idea that Joe Buck would peddle misinformation about one of the most sensitive moments and stories in sports history on Monday Night Football is just absurd. It's ridiculous. And I don't understand why Troy Vincent and the NFL continues to push back. I don't understand it. You know, why can't they say, yeah, look, when DeMar Hamlin first collapsed, we were following our playbook, which is to resume the game. This happens from time to time. Players do need to be taken out in ambulances, on stretchers, and we always resume the game. So yes, that was our original plan. Once it became apparent that this was not a typical situation, we made the decision to postpone the game, which the league did. They ultimately came to the right decision. They postponed the game. So what? It, why are they covering themselves? And why are they painting Joe Buck as this peddler of innuendo and, again, misinformation? And, look, I'll give ESPN a lot of credit in this regard. Uh, we talk a lot about how NFL rights holders are constantly afraid of the billionaire owners and they kowtow to the league. And ESPN certainly does its share of that with a lot of its pregame coverage and game broadcast coverage. But there is not another rights holder that would go at the NFL at the way in which ESPN did with this piece, publishing an article on their website by one of their best investigative reporters refuting everything the NFL has said about the timeline of last Monday night. And ESPN has reported aggressively on the NFL, whether it's the Washington Commanders and Daniel Snyder's situation, the concussion crisis years ago, uh, ESPN president Jimmy Patero, one of his first acts of business was trying to heal the fractured relationship between ESPN and the National Football League. So as I said, I give ESPN a lot of crap 
And in a lot of cases, it is deserved. But in this case, they deserve a lot of credit for being a rights holder that is not afraid to go at the NFL and dig into the NFL when appropriate. And this story by Don Van Nata Jr. is a great example of that. What was not great in the aftermath of DeMar Hamlin, and it was, it's an incredible story, as, as I said, one of the most incredible stories, sports history, a, a remarkable recovery. Of course, Bill's Patriots this past Sunday, Naheem Hines returned the opening kick for a touchdown and returned another kick for a touchdown as well. So we can talk about the Patriots' awful special teams all we want. But that was such a special moment, especially when Hines returned the first kick for a score. And to hear Tony Romo just talk all over it and stomp all over it with his childish gibberish on the telecast was really, really tough. I mean, Tony, you got to calm down and let the moment breathe. Finally, after several seconds, a producer seemingly got in Romo's ear or maybe Nance like elbowed him in the gut and said, shut up and let this moment speak for itself. But Romo was just a disjointed mess on Sunday. He didn't offer much in terms of analysis at all. And the Hamlin stuff, like, it was over the top. I mean, it was it was, it was was not delivered with tact, saying that Angels carried Naheem Hines to the end zone. I mean, Tony Romo knows that Hamlin did survive, right? I mean, to say that Angels are carrying Naheem Hines to the end zone was just, I think, it was over the top. It was over the top. And Romo started as such a promising broadcaster. And look, anytime you write an article about him, tons of people read it. Read it. Uh, my most recent one, if I pat myself on the back, I'll do it here, uh, is, is the latest example of that. People can't get enough of Tony Romo, but he's turned into a caricature the last couple of years. He's turned into the John Madden of the old day of, uh, you know, he's turned into the late career John Madden, uh, which is not a compliment. Mostly stick with him. He used to predict plays. He doesn't do that anymore. I don't, I mean, he said on Sunday that the Patriots have found their offensive identity. Really? They got shut out just two weeks ago in the first half against the Bengals and didn't even cross midfield in that game. So, I, again, I don't think Romo even really prepared for Sunday's telecast. Uh, that was bad. That was a bad, bad performance from Tony Romo. That's for sure. Um, but, of course, it was a bad performance from the Patriots this year. 8-9 and nine record, missed the playoffs for the second time in three years. It will now be four years in which the Patriots will be without a playoff victory. You know that Robert Kraft can't be happy about that. And in fact, Robert Kraft said as much. He issued a letter to season ticket holders. First thing Monday morning, quote, we can assure you that no one in our organization is satisfied with the results from this past season. In the weeks ahead, we will be making critical evaluations, Kraft says, of all elements of our football operation as we strive to improve and return to the playoffs next year. So clearly the owner is not very happy. And the coach is seemingly trying to protect himself, not guaranteeing that Mac Jones will start next year, saying the Patriots are one of the lowest spending teams in the league if you average it out over the last three years. And this is obviously going to be a very crucial offseason in Foxborough. I don't think Bill Belichick is going to be fired or pushed out, but the Crafts have to ask themselves a serious question. And the question is this. Here's what's coming up with Bill. He is 18 wins away from breaking Don Shula's all-time wins record. 
I think it goes without saying that the Crafts would prefer Belichick break that record with them. But is keeping on Belichick to break that record worth it if you don't have faith he's the right guy to get your football team back to perennial playoff and eventually Super Bowl contention? Because this year, I don't think it was the talent. You know, they spent more money than any other team in the league on receivers and tight ends. We combined both of them. They had a talented defense. Mac Jones showed a lot of promise in his rookie season, as we know. Uh, You know, they should have won the Raiders game. They should have beaten the Bengals if Stevenson didn't fumble in the red zone. This team, for all of its flaws, should have been a 10 or 11 win team. But they were an 8 win team. Why? Because of coaching. Because of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Because of having no offensive philosophy. uh, Mental mistakes. Special teams blunders, which we saw Sunday with Tynes' two kickoff returns for a touchdown. And look, Bill Belichick right now is the Patriots brand. There's no doubt about it. But how valuable is that brand? When you're going 8-9, and when you're getting passed over and removed from Sunday night football games, which happened twice this season. I mean, Raiders-Patriots, it's flexed from Sunday night football. When, when, when did you think you would ever say that, that the Patriots were flexed from Sunday night football? Frankly, look, if the Crafts don't think that Belichick is the right guy to get them back, or that Belichick is going to listen and surround himself with the right people and the right coaches, then keeping him around just so he can pass you his record and so you could have a nice day at Gillette Stadium in two years, is just not worth it. It's so not worth it. So the Crafts have a few very interesting decisions to make as we head into this offseason. And to talk more about that, and again, the NFL as a whole, continuing its dominance, I give you one of our good friends, Ben Fisher of Sports Business Journal. That's coming up on the other side. It's a Sports Media Mayhem podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening.